down this wall. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. I'm not a crook. If you like your health care plan, you'll be able to keep your health care plan. Source for the latest news on money, politics, prophecy, and preparedness. And now your host, the editor-in-chief of ChristianMoney.com and the author of more than 30 books, Jim Paris. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to our guest segment. We are super excited to have back with us tonight Lieutenant Colonel Robert McGinnis, retired. His new book, Progressive Evil, How Radicals Are Redefining America's Rights, institutions and ideals making her globally irrelevant for the end times uh good to have you back with us uh bob mcginnis well thanks for having me it's my privilege this evening jim can you hear me okay no i can hear you can you hear me all right i'm going to turn you up just a little bit on my board there we go uh wow this this book is is fantastic but but i have to ask you uh, if, I don't know if you heard any of my first segment. I was suspended uh, for three days from Facebook this week for sharing an article from that conservative site, Breitbart.com. And they say that I was suspended for sharing nudity. It is just just a regular article. And this is like getting to a point where social media is is blocking anything conservative. Does your book... I've got to ask you if your book gets into this social media war that seems to really be heating up. Well, it's part of the progressive agenda, uh, using that as a mechanism, uh, a certainly a tool to advance uh, their radical views. And so, yes, it has to be. Uh, AOC and the cadre of the squad have been you know, really lighting up the social media to intimidate the likes of the New York Times to change their, you know, certainly some of their titles for articles. And, you know, we've seen it elsewhere. So this is... Uh, what I would consider certainly a media war, but it's far more dangerous, uh, insidious than just that. Yeah, it is interesting because with this next election coming up, um, there's a lot of people speculating about what, uh, you know, the Googles and the Facebooks and the Twitters and all of these folks can do. There was a, a big story uh, this week about Mitch McConnell. Uh, his Twitter account was locked because his campaign people posted this video of these people, like this big mob of people outside his house yelling threats at him and his, well, he's in his home, uh, there. And, uh, they, uh, they posted this video to kind of like expose the threats that were being made against him. And so Twitter locked his account for violence. It was violence against him. And he was exposed. It was like he was, and, and they refused to unlock his account for two or three days. And so something just it's really heating up. And that's why I think your book is so timely. So tell us what you mean by this progressive evil. Well, I, you know, a, a bit of introduction. Of course, a couple of years ago, as you know, Jim, I wrote uh, The Deeper State, and I right. talked about the, the very things that we've been seeing on the headlines our over most the downloaded, last couple of years. Our most downloaded episode, by the way, that appearance that you had. 
with us. And, and it's noteworthy. Uh, this this new book, uh, Progressive Evil, has just come out, and I've already got right wing watch uh, sending me hate mail. So uh, we know that uh, at least we've got their attention. You know what, what people <laughs> need to understand is you know something that I put on the cover of Progressive Evil, and and it's a, basically a quote by the former communist leader Nikita Khrushchev, and I'll I'll read the quote: "We will take America without firing a shot." We do not have to invade the U.S. We will destroy you from within. Uh, I think that's exactly what progressives are doing today. A lot of people don't appreciate who they are, and that's why when I wrote Progressive Evil, I had to do a bit of history. I had to, you know, kind of provide a a summary of what our civics is as a country, where our founders intended to go with regard to our rights and what the Constitution said, uh, what the Declaration of Independence, why we even had to have one, and what the progressives are doing to the uh, certainly the institutions, the five critical institutions that undergird this country. And then finally, uh, what are the ideals that uh, have really made America an exceptional nation. Those are the very things. The rights, institution, ideals are what the progressives are attacking. And, and they're being incredibly successful uh, against each. And that's what I, I expose. And of course, progressives don't want that information out. Um, and I can understand because it's pretty intimidating when you look comprehensively at these issues. These are critical times. And when I say that they're going to redefine find who we are as a nation, and this may just make us irrelevant in the end times. I clearly mean that they're going to destroy those rights, institutions, and ideals, remaking us into an image of something like uh, what AOC has in mind, Green New, New Deal, Medicare for All, you know, throwing $210 trillion, if you listen to the last debate, to the wind. Uh, of the Democratic Party, those people were just giving away the farm, literally everything. And they also want, ideologically, they want us to all turn and worship you know, their religion. Of course, you know, I, I found a, a very interesting portrayal of what progressivism is as a religion. And I think this is pretty telling. You know, the sacred text of progressivism is the Communist Manifesto. I consider progressivism, Marxism, communism, much the same. Uh, the clergy of the progressive happens to be the leftists uh, at the universities, and we all know what's happening in our major universities today, or the political cabal that runs Hollywood. And I just heard you talking about uh, Epstein. And, you know, he was pretty much in that ilk, uh, the political Hollywood media uh, franchise, doing things that uh, are just amoral. Uh, but that's the nature of who these people are. Uh, they're heaven. They believe in the the advancement of man and the perfection of man. A sinfulness, a sinlessness is what man is advancing to. They, they really, if you read their doctrine and their literature, that's what they believe. Speaking of their doctrine, you know, these are the things they believe in. Same-sex marriage, many genders, abortion on demand, only the fit, and they are very specific here, should reproduce. Uh, they believe in euthanasia. Big government is the God and religion, of course, is the progressivism that pushes that big government. And ultimately, salvation to, 
the religious progressive is to embrace progressivism as a a a, a synergy of all of their existence. Those who reject it, though, much like Islam says, if you reject Islam, you're an infidel. Well, progressives are just as bad. Anything that you say that's contrary to what the progressives embrace, they're going to call you a racist, which is the the most right, right. Term and lately. So, and I think it was Rush Limbaugh said this week that since they've called people racists now for so long, it has no effect anymore. So they've had to ratchet it up. And now the new one is white supremacist. Right. If you disagree right. with them, that you're a white supremacist. I have to ask you, did you see this uh, this picture today that that's been circulating at all the news stations carrying it on online of this young man? I, I guess he's on the USA fencing team. And they 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 won in Peru uh, in one of the tournaments and uh, USA team member. And he takes a knee at the national anthem uh, with while he's getting his medal. He takes a knee as they play the national anthem as he's standing on the box. And and I, I think to myself, you know, American exceptionalism. This is now okay to hate your own country. And I, I can't make any sense of it. It's like if you are on the USA team wearing the flag, participating in the sport, and then you take the knee to the anthem when you get the medal for representing your country, it doesn't even make any rational sense. But this is how people think about their own country. Well, they do. And, you know, patriotism, of course, you know, which I think is part and parcel of what's absent in that scenario. You know, the, the right uh, will wave old glory freely and boast it on its you know, on their T-shirts, whereas progressives would rather burn the flag. You know, that's the nature of what we've come to. And, of course, you know, a lot of the public school systems, which progressives took over with the help of John Dewey and a number of other people that I go into great detail in Progressive Evil, you know, they have, they're taking our children and reprogramming them in a way uh, that is going to, you know, really rob them of an understanding of their civics, the roles and responsibilities they have. Uh, but use them to really direct this country in a very different direction. No law, no wonder. Millennials, if you look at the polling, uh, Jim, you'll see that uh, almost 40% of all millennials uh, now believe that they would like to live in a socialistic country. But of course, you know, very few can actually define what socialism is yet. You know, it's, <laughs> it's the big issue, you know. And, and they want us to keep our borders open for the people escaping from those countries to come here. Well, at the same time, they tout how great it must be if our country were only like those countries. This is the part of liberalism that I don't understand intellectually because there was a thought over the last three or four years that some of these areas like San Francisco, would get so bad because of the progressive policies that right. eventually even the progressives would say, look, uh, this sounded good in a vacuum, but th this isn't working out. But but they, they have now a map you get when you go to San Francisco that tells you which streets to walk down so you don't walk through crap. This is literally, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm, this is, a, and they're okay with this because you would think, okay, if it ever got to this point, if it ever got to this point, 
I mean, it's at that point. It's beyond that point. The failed financial uh, sta- state uh, of California, the failed uh, financial status of Illinois, New Jersey, where all, all these places where you can go visit progressivism and see the outcome of the policies, it's horrible, but it doesn't seem to matter even to the people actually living there. Yeah, well, well, to some of it, uh, some of them, they're abandoning the middle class is basically packed up and gone to Texas or somewhere else. Yeah, Texas you know, I, and I Florida. Can, yeah, I, I consider California a third world country. You know, I, I lived in California four times uh, in the elementary school and high school and in graduate school and in language school. Um, you know, so I know California, I used to, uh, but today's California has a corrupt government, unequal or non-existent applicability of laws, no middle class, medieval diseases like typhus and t- tuberculosis and even the bubonic plague possibly about to break out in Los Angeles, uh, incredibly high taxes, poor social services, you know, tribalism, uh, gangs, lack of security, you name it. And yet California has a wonderful climate. It has a great geography. It has natural ports. It has timber. It has mining. It has energy. But when you look at the results of decades and decades of progressive rule, what do you find? You find it's really two things, the poorest and the richest state in the United States. A quarter of the people live below the poverty line. A fifth are near the poverty line. A third uh, are on welfare. And between a fifth and a fourth are homeless, the highest rate in the United States. So how can you have such a wonderful place to live and destroy it? Well, thanks to progressives, that's what's happened. And that's exactly what they want to do to the United States of America, given the opportunity. And all you have to do is sit there and listen to the Democratic Party presidential candidates, and they make that as clear as anything in all their promises to give away virtually everything. I, I mentioned $210 trillion over in the next decade. There's no way this country can afford. We spend overspend right now at the rate of three and a half to $4 trillion a year just to sustain this overwhelming, bloated government. That's what they want to do, but they want to accelerate it by printing a lot of money, and they're going to put us in the poorhouse tomorrow if they're reelected or if they're elected, and they control the Congress as well. Yeah, you're so right about California. My wife is from there. Such a beautiful area. In San Francisco, a city that I used to love, and now there's not a street in downtown you can walk down without the smell of urine and feces, without homeless people coming up and not asking but demanding for money uh, from you. I mean, it it, it is beyond belief. Um, Now, I I know you have the book broken down by by amendments to the Constitution, which I love that it's laid out this way. What a a great way to organize it. And I was going to maybe try to do a two-for-one special here. The First Amendment and the Second Amendment, and I'm going to put it in this context for you. So I just checked the news before we went live tonight. And again, this weekend, there was more than 41 shootings, uh, 41 people shot in Chicago this weekend. Uh, last weekend, I had originally posted on my social media, there were 37 people shot uh, in Chicago, but it actually turned out to be 52 people shot. Now, that means that there is the equivalent of a mass shooting or maybe even the equivalent of two to three mass shootings the last two weekends in Chicago. 
but there's virtually no mention of it in the national media. Uh, but they go out to these cities, which these were tragedies, of course, El Paso, Dayton, Ohio, tragedies, no doubt. Um, but, but they selectively cover these stories. So uh, let's maybe hit this together. First Amendment and Second Amendment. Uh, what are they, what are they trying to do here? Well, progressives clearly don't want to expose the underbelly of the beast here. Uh, they truly want us to be disarmed. You know, the, the purpose of the Second Amendment was never uh, exclusively just to stand up of militia to, to put down King George III during the Revolution. You know, the, the idea is rooted in English law, but of course our Revolutionary War experience against the Brits, you know, made it what it is today. We have the right, based upon the Second Amendment, to defend not only ourselves against tyranny, King George III or whomever, or an over-expansive government, but we also have a in our hands the right to defend ourselves against criminals, people that want to break in and violate our families and ourselves and our properties. Now, these are things that are fundamental that our founders gave, and yet, you know, progressives have made it very clear. Look at, you know, Elizabeth Warren wants us to have a national uh, special government permit to have a weapon. Now, who do you think is going to oversee that process? It's certainly not going to be a rational person who understands what's going on in Chicago and people want to defend themselves against, you know, like you said, 52 shooting incidences this weekend. Uh, these are the types of things uh, that the American people have a right to defend themselves in countries where they've abandoned uh, this sort of right, and there are plenty of them out there. Uh, they don't have uh, the type of you know peace uh, that we necessarily do. They want you know, the government to own all the weapons. Just go to you know. I used to live in Europe, uh, and the people that own the weapons are either the government or the criminals, and so the individual citizen, unless you have a shotgun for chasing what few wild animals are still in the hills in most of Western Europe, which are very few, uh, then you don't have nothing to defend yourself against. And in this particular culture, if we don't have a means to defend ourselves, uh, then you're in trouble. You know, where I am uh, this evening is in the state of Wyoming. And in the state of Wyoming, there are probably more guns than there are people. And guess what? You know, we don't have a crime problem out here. I it's can't open imagine carry, why. isn't it? In, in Wyoming is open carry? Oh, it is. And, and, you know, we don't have a, a law or a, a criminal problem out here because criminals understand. I don't know how many of the people in this room, but at least half of them are probably carrying. And I'm not going to get the opportunity to do anything you know, in a criminal way because they're going to either kill me or wound me or put me in my place. Yeah, it, it is interesting because there is no way that you can go back historically and and really make the argument that, we we shouldn't be armed except for if we're in the military. This is the argument that they make that the militia in the military. I mean, clearly uh, it's for self-defense and it's also for defense against the tyrannical government, which there are other safeguards 
in our system as well. I have to tell you that the one chapter that hit me the most here was chapter three. And by the way, for those just tuning in, our guest tonight is Bob McGinnis. His new book is Progressive Evil, Evil, and it is available through Defender Publishing. You can also pick it up over at Amazon.com. Again, Progressive Evil. Uh, all right, chapter three here, you start out, the, the title of chapter three is Psychological and Biblical Considerations of Modern Progressivism. And you say here, Fox News host Tucker Carlson suggested that progressives have gone crazy. Quote, their new position is that it is immoral to restrict any kind of immigration from any country in any amount for any reason ever, end quote. <laughs> and that's about right. Um, yeah. And I, I always ask these liberals that I debate with, I say, OK, so have you opened your house uh, to these to these immigrants? Well, no, I, I don't have space for them. I said, well, wait a minute. <laughs> I mean, it, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, I'm all for immigration and, and there being some, you know, sit down, figure out how many we can take, what skills we need and, and come up with a good system for that. And maybe we need to update our system. But just this idea that we should just have open borders. I'm with, uh, you know, Trump and Michael Savage, no borders, no country. Yeah, well, you take away the borders, you have virtually no country. And that's the loony, loony aspect of this. You know, I do call progressives crazy. And I say they evidence symptoms of delusional disorder, which is really called psychotic disorder. You know, all you have to do is ask yourself, you know, they often believe things are real that are truly imagined. Elizabeth Warren thought she's a, or thinks she's a native Indian. You know, Beto O'Rourke, you know, this guy thinks he's Hispanic, but the reality is both parents of him uh, are Irish. And then, you know, he's, Kamala he Harris. be more Irish, right, than Beto O'Rourke right. and Francis yeah. O'Rourke. I mean, and now he's, but, but people believe he's now maybe this is a new thing. You can select <laughs> your ethnicity like everything well, else. It, it, his Spanish is not good anyway. Uh, you know, <laughs> Kamala Harris, she thinks she claims to be African American by, by ver, uh, a number of statements, but the reality is her mother is Indian, the country of India. Uh, her father was Jamaican, and all, also, by the way, he was a Marxist. Uh, and then she claims that she was part of the segregation movement in California. Well, she grew up in a Berkeley, California. She was born the year after those schools were integrated. So how in the world could this young, she's relatively young in comparison to me, could she believe that you know, she, in fact, you know, was part of that movement. Then you have this whole idea of elitism, you know, and that goes back to Hegel and Marx and, and so forth, which kind of generated in the 18th, 19th century, the idea of progressivism. Uh, they believe in themselves, self-grandizement, uh, they're narcissistic. Uh, and then, of course, you have uh, this illiberal aspect, this intolerance that they evidence against people that disagree with them. If you don't embrace their radical views, they're going to, as we've already said, they're going to call you a evil person, a racist, or something like that. They always go after those that don't embrace their radical views. So, you know, if you look at, you know, psychologically, now, these people clearly you know, fit the profile of a psychotic disorder because of the things that they say and they believe based upon their writings and so forth. 
One more question on the the media and the First Amendment. Where do you think we're headed? I, I was uh, watching CNN a little bit today, and uh, one of the anchors this evening literally started out and, and, and named off what she claimed to be like 15 lies and conspiracies that the president made up. And then she went into whatever the news story was. Is there any real news anymore? I, if, I mean, CNN, it's in all the airports. It's supposed to be sort of the news uh, channel of record. And it's getting it's getting not I mean, at one point it was it was opinion, but now it's really beyond opinion. It's just personal attack on Trump 24 seven. Where do we go from here with that? Yeah, well, it is rather radical. And I stopped. I used to do CNN all the time. I've done it many, many hundreds of times. I stopped a few years ago because, you know, even on the topics on which I'm a, a true expert, uh, national security and foreign affairs, I have great insight. And, and I've spent five decades doing this stuff that they were starting to say things and they wouldn't listen to certain aspects of things that I knew were distortions that they were making. And so I said, no, I'm just... No more. I'm not gonna not gonna grace uh, their their airways anymore because they are not reliable uh, when it comes to, of course, uh, the First Amendment. You know, the First Amendment has a number of ingredients, uh, and and of course, you know, most of us think of the freedom of speech, but also the idea of freedom of religion, which is near and dear to me. You know, they they uh, want to put our faith in a box and say you can do whatever inside that box you want, but the first time you start to live out that in this general culture, we're going to constrain you. So if you have a business and you want to you know, say, no, I'm not going to serve you because you want to do something I consider immoral or immoral, I'm not going to... Im- I'm not going to do that. And, of course, we've had a, a whole host of court cases, whether you're a photographer and refuse to do like the uh, gay homosexual couple marriages. That, the the, the right. gay couple, call, they call every baker in town to find the one right. that won't make their wedding cake, and then it becomes a federal lawsuit. And then the ACLU, you know, jumps on it and they try to intimidate people and the like. And they've, they've done a reasonably good job of doing intimidation. They, they threaten pastors. They threaten congregations. Uh, I mean, the First Amendment, the founders did not want to establish a state religion. You know, they came from Great Britain. Uh, They were certainly influenced by the Huguenot, uh, Huguenots that came over from France after the persecution by, you know, being forced to, you know, put French soldiers in their homes until they converted to Catholicism. You know, we, our ancestors escaped from that. They said, our founders, when we establish this nation, we're not going to prescribe what religion you are. We're going to have an open marketplace on religion. You practice your faith as you see fit, and I'm not going to stipulate what you can and cannot do. Well, that's exactly what progressives want. They want us to worship their religion. Their religion is progressivism, and their God is big government. Big government can do 
everything it wants to do to you and me if given the opportunity. And these are the types of things we as Americans need to push back against. We need to understand our civics. And yet, it's thanks to progressive educators, they've erased civics education in public schools. We used to have that, you know, up until 30, 40 years ago. Certainly when I was you know, coming up in the 50s and the 60s, you know, I did get some civics in my ninth grade. But you don't find that anymore. You have what they call social studies. And social studies is how to basically remold, you know, the clay that they pull out of the homes of America into something that is going to project a, a, a tolerance uh, that is going to allow these what I consider evil ideas to creep within the entire culture. It's going to give the progressives the power they need to run this country, ultimately to make it irrelevant. And uh, chapter 11 in your book, Progressive Evil, is about the impact on education. And uh, I know teachers, uh, people that work in the school system, and they have so many things to deal with. They've got, uh, uh, you know, a little boy that wants to be called a girl, and then the mm -hmm. next year they want to be a boy again. It used to be if you went on a field trip, you could kind of like separate the boys from the girls. They like the girls sit on one side of the bus, the boys sit on the other side. Then when you're setting up hotel rooms, now you don't know what to do. <laughs> you don't know no, you how don't. this is all going to work out. And and uh, it, it's there's now a focus on uh, the the kids that are the kids that are are not uh, following the rules are the are the focus that we've got to spend more time uh, focusing on them. And and as you point out in your book, chapter eleven, uh, a lot of people are just going to homeschooling because they're just sick of it. And and so many millions and millions of dollars are going from our taxes into these public schools. And there's hardly any education going on at all because of all of this uh, social experimenting. Yeah, well, Jim, if you look at international testing among Western nations, we are trending to the very bottom. You know, and yet, what are we spending? Well, well in excess of $600 billion annually in K-12 through education, more than $13,000 for every public school student. Yet, they can't read. They can't write. They can't do arithmetic. These are simple things. They're, you know, the president was in a, uh, in a brouhaha with uh, Cummings over over in Baltimore. Well, of all the high schools in Baltimore, as I understand, not a single person, not a single student passed the national math test uh, that is, is supposed to be used for high school students. You know, that, wow. That's a travesty. Yeah, and yet we're spending um, billions of dollars in Baltimore trying to put that city together. It's not working. And we even have you know, about 44 million Americans who graduated from our high schools that are functionally illiterate. You know, these things are not to be dismissed because our nation, if it's going to compete against the likes of China or other nations, we have to have an, a, a reasonably educated uh, people, a, a population, workers, people that can do the trades, people that can you know, teach tomorrow's kids and so forth. And yet, you know, progressives, all they want is more money, more social engineering, and they want to destroy this country in a way that is very contrary 
to where we began because I go through the history of this great nation. We used to be the most literate nation in the world. And this, of course, was in the early part of the 19th century. And rapidly, you know, toward the late 19th, early 20th century, uh, when progressives, the progressive era began to really take charge, these people moved in. They took control of the educational establishment, and they started to take it in a very, very different direction. In fact, if you read through the history of some of these luminaries in the American education establishment, they were praising the Soviet Union and the education system there. Uh, and I mean, this the, you can't make this stuff up. This well, they're, they're introducing these kids to, to they're introducing these kids to these uh, topics like like uh, transgenderism and yes. uh, homosexuality and and all of these details, even on the heterosexual lifestyle, to where these kids are sexualized by the time they're in the fifth or sixth grade. They're sexually active by the time they get to middle school um it's it's just unreal i mean and you've got kids bringing guns to school knives to school drugs to school all these things that are going on and you just you can't blame a parent that says you know what <laughs> i'm doing the homeschooling thing this is just uh, that's right this is this is not for us and more and more people are doing that uh it's been so good to have you with us again uh uh bob i i love this book and it's it's one of your you know great works here it's uh what do we got here uh almost uh over 450 pages, all footnoted, all the details here. We've just barely, barely scratched the surface. It's called Progressive Evil. Uh, tell people again how they can get the book. And uh, it, it also, we got a lot of people interested in audiobooks and Kindle books. So tell us if any of that is available as well. Well, it is on Amazon. You can get the Kindle or the the print copy, and you know, just sign on to Amazon. And I'd love to get some uh, reviews, preferably good reviews. Um, you know, and, and I think you'll find that this is sort of yeah. I did a couple of years ago, as you know, Jim, the deeper state and explain what was going on. Uh, this is digging deep into our great country and where we came from, and people need to appreciate uh, what is going on in America today. This is really eye-opening, uh, and I think that uh, nobody that reads it will regret having spent the time in going through and understanding our history and where these people intend to take this great nation. Thank you so much for being with us. Again, the book Progressive Evil and Bob McGinnis, great, great book. We look forward to having you back again, sir. Thank you again. Yeah, my privilege. Thanks a lot, Jim. Thank you. Wow, what an interview. <laughs> Bob McGinnis, there's no, there's no other guy like that. I mean, he just says it as it is. And I'll tell you, um, if you want to, if you want a book that just really, I mean, nails it and gives you all the details in the backup, uh, you can grab this book. I'm looking at the uh, cover here. It's 1995. It's in paperback. And I will mention this to our listeners. There is a way many times if you go to the Defender publishing site that they have packages where you can get like five or ten books uh, for a deal. And, and that's something else to look at, too. Or go directly to Amazon and, and help Bob out. Write a nice uh, review for his book when you get a copy of it. Uh, it's, again, it's called Progressive Evil, and you can grab it over at Amazon. Hey, thanks so much for joining us. We'll be off next week. I might have a pre-recorded show for you because I'll, I'm traveling. We will see about that, but we will be back live in two weeks. And remember, if it's Sunday night, it's Jim Paris Live. We'll talk to you next time. So long, everybody.